0: Welcome everyone to The Score Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Boone, the lead fantasy analyst at The Score. And today's episode is presented by Head & Shoulders. Offense for great hair, defense against flakes. It's the final episode of 2020 no live show this week because friday falls on christmas day so this is it podcast wise the last chance to get you ready for week 16. i'll still have my updated rankings out all weekend long we got a friday game we got a triple header on saturday the regular sunday monday slate so i'll have those updated uh, start sit stash quit that's going to go up a day early on thursday afternoon so plenty of content to get you through hopefully help you take home a fantasy title. And joining me on today's show, no time to waste, so we'll get him in here, Jared Smola a Draft Sharks. You can find him on Twitter, at SmolaDS, and he's currently joining me inside the top 10 in Fantasy Pro's in-season accuracy contest. The grind is almost over for that, though. It's the final week to submit our rankings, so this time next week, we'll know how it all shakes out, and we'll be able to get some sleep and finally relax a little bit, and hopefully Jared and I will still be Occupying spots inside the top 10, but we got to break down week 16 first. So, Jared, welcome to the show, man. How are you holding up here heading into the final week?
1: Yeah, doing well. You know, g- glad to be to the final week. um th- Thanks for having me on. You know, week 16, fantasy championship week. I'm assuming you're know, the most important podcast you do all exactly. season. So honored, honored to be here. <laughs>
0: awesome. Well, we'll jump right in here. And I want to start with the biggest story of really the entire fantasy playoffs, I think. Jalen Hurts, and we were talking a bit about Hurts before we started the show because for me, I made a real bad decision in a semifinal matchup last week. I had Russell Wilson and I had Hurts, and Wilson's been my starter pretty much all season long. And we know he hasn't been as good over the last few weeks. He had that Jets game, but he wasn't as good. I decided to stick with Russ though and not go with Hurts, and it cost me that matchup. I didn't lose by much, but Hurts had that, like, depending on your league scoring format. Uh, like 40-something points in that league. So it would have definitely put me over the top and into the final. But we got to look back here at what he's done because in his first start, he had that tough matchup. Saints are a bottom 10 matchup for fantasy quarterbacks. And he still came away with over 19 fantasy points, mostly on the back of the rushing, right? He had 18 carries, 106 yards. Then the matchup gets a little easier last week in week 15, goes up against the Cardinals. They're middle of the pack in terms of difficulty and then Hertz just goes off in that game right 338 passing yards throws for three touchdowns rushes for another 63 yards and a score scored around 40 i think it was like between 37 and 43 points depending on your scoring format and now there's more tape on him so we have to factor that in but the matchup keeps getting easier this week he goes up against the cowboys top 10 in fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks So jared where does Hertz deserve to be ranked this week i know last week i should have had him higher i think i was probably around the average but i should have definitely had him higher maybe even swapped him with russ in the top 10. how high is really too high to go with him this week
1: yeah to me this is sort of like the projections versus rankings debate like i think if you're doing projections i could easily see Hertz coming out number two among quarterbacks this week behind only patrick mahomes i think you know mahomes at home against atlanta who has been, you know, the, the worst defense against quarterbacks. I think he should be one. Um, yeah, like you said, Hertz has shown us he can do it on the ground. He could show, he's shown us he can do it through the air. Matchup is awesome. The Cowboys, by the way, uh, they gave up 74 yards and a score on the ground to Kyler Murray. They gave up 94 yards and a score on the ground to Lamar Jackson. So the two rushing quarterbacks they've faced this season have had big games on the ground. That said, you know, straight up projections might not take into account some of the risk, you know, some of the unknown of a guy making his third career start. So personally, I'm starting Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Kyler Murray, Josh Allen, Deshaun Watson, and Lamar Jackson. If I have any of those, what is that, six quarterbacks, I'd stick with them over Hurts just because they've been so good this season. They're safer, you know, we just have a bigger sample size. But beyond that, you know, I think Jalen Hurts, you're starting him over Tom Brady, over Justin Herbert, over Ryan Tannehill. So, so I guess Hurts comes in at quarterback seven for me this week.
0: So that's exactly where I have him too, but I keep wanting to move him higher, right? You keep looking at him going, ah, Deshaun Watson, like I think maybe I could get him above him, and uh, there's a couple guys around that range. But the other thing we got to talk about, we can't really talk about Hurts without talking about the impact that he's having on the players around him, right? We've seen Miles Sanders playing time spike over 80% of the snaps in both of Hurts' starts now. So Sanders is really an obvious play at this point. I think you could put him in that RB1 range. Is there anybody else in the Eagles offense that is worth starting? I mean, the two tight ends, we saw Zach Ertz, not a lot of catches, but he had some yards at least last week. Any of the receivers? I mean, Alshon Jeffries, all of a sudden, has kind of popped back up on the radar. Anybody
1: that you think's worth starting in that offense in the passing game? And man, the Eagles playing time decisions have been interesting to say the least. You know, Alshon Jeffrey led the wide receivers and routes run last week, which I think is ridiculous because he looks like he's totally out of gas to me. Um, Zach Ertz actually ran more pass routes than Dallas Goddard last week, which I also think is kind of crazy. But for me, it's only Dallas Goddard. Um, He has 14 targets over the last two games with Jalen Hurts. It's been a 19% target share. He has four catches in both those games. I mean, not a big number, but a tight end, you know, that's that's pretty good considering how crappy the position is this season. So, um, Cowboys are a pretty bad tight end defense. I'd feel okay with Dallas Goddard. Other than that, I can't trust any of the wide receivers. Again, the usage has been kind of wonky. Greg Ward had the two touchdowns last week. He has 10 targets over the last two games. Um, Jalen Rager seems like he is starting to build – a bit of a rapport with Jalen Hurts, but I still don't trust it, especially after Rager hurt his ankle last week.
0: Yeah. And Rager is out there practicing on Wednesday, but it's still early in the week. So we don't know if he'll be available in that game or not. The deeper we go here into the fantasy playoffs, the more it kind of becomes like a confidence game, right? You could say it all year long, but when it gets, when the games get more important for fantasy, you really gotta go with the guys that you can trust in your lineup and some of these situations are really hard to put your faith into guys and we got to do our best to project them though so I want to ask you about some of the injury riddled backfields who you know who's gonna rise to the top of those depth charts this week mainly I want to focus here on the Rams the 49ers and the Dolphins so for the Rams we have Cam Akers out, so likely looking at a split between Daryl Henderson, Malcolm Brown, Raheem Mostert for the Niners. He's out. Jeff Wilson might not be 100% either, so we could see a little more McKinnon, Tevin Coleman, and then the Dolphins. Their only issue is Miles Gaskin's availability. And we don't know for sure that he's going to be out there, but he was activated off the COVID list finally today, so it seems like he should be ready to go now. And last week, without him, Salvin Ahmed stepped right back in. I mean, the guy didn't shed the red non-contact jersey until Friday, and yet they still put him out there, gave him 24 touches, played over 60% of the snaps. So what will that mean now if Gaskin's healthy? kind of think that Gaskin if he's out there is going to get that kind of treatment and be the workhorse again but there's a lot to break down there so I'll just frame it like this which running back would you have the most confidence in starting in those backfields
1: yeah, and it's obviously an evolving situation I think hopefully you know we know more at least by Saturday by the time that Niners game off. for me right now it's Jeff Wilson with the Niners and um, like you said where he most are out Jeff Wilson isn't even listed on the week 16 injury report. So it did look like he tweaked a hamstring, I think last week, but evidently it's not a concern. Um, You know he's already averaging about 11 carries and four targets per game over the last three weeks. Now they've been using him in the passing game, which is nice. Um, You know, Jarek McKinnon has been invisible for over a month now. Tevin Coleman only has five carries over his last three games since returning from injury. So I don't think the Niners trust either of those guys. I think Jeff, Jeff Wilson might be in for a pretty big, Work, you know, fam- famous last words in a Kyle Shanahan backfield, but I, I think it's going to be uh, Wilson on Saturday. And then look, just looking at the other backfields
0: quick, I mean, I think Henderson would be the play if you had to pick between him and Malcolm Brown. My main concern there is really that Henderson hasn't looked like the same back since he had that quad injury around midseason. He has not looked like the same back. And I was on Jake Sealy's podcast yesterday and I, I brought this up. I don't like yards per carry as a, a metric for running backs, but when it's as bad as it's been for Henderson, at least recently over the last five games or so, you have to take notice. He's been held to two and a half yards or less per carry in four of his last five games. And he got a decent amount of carries in a few of those games, eight carries, 10 carries. So it's not like he's just getting one or two carries a game and not producing. He just has not been as explosive, hasn't really been getting it done. And that's helped acres rise. Obviously, unfortunately he's not there now, but I think Henderson would still be the guy that I would go with. You're kind of hoping for a touchdown. That's what happened the last time they played the Seahawks, right? And neither back had the yardage. We had Brown and And uh, Henderson, really, neither of them had the yardage, but they scored three touchdowns between them, I'm pretty sure. So you're kind of hoping for that again. And then Gaskin, what do you think? Do you think that he would get that big workload? Do you think there's a shot that they could do kind of like they did with Ahmed last week and just put him right back out there and give him that full
1: workload again? I mean, that's what Miami's been doing all season. If you look at it, they've definitely favored a clear lead back. It was Miles Gaskin for five or six weeks, then it was Ahmed. Then it was DeAndre Washington, you know, kind of dominating touches in that Chiefs game. Then back to Ahmed, again, as the clear lead last week. So, you know, whatever, that coaching staff seems to prefer, you know, a clear lead back. Gaskin was playing ahead of Ahmed when he was healthy. I think they go back in that direction. And the matchup is awesome. You know, Vegas is horrible against the run. They're 30th in adjusted points allowed to running back. So yeah, I think I'd I'd uh, rank Gaskin, assuming he's activated and, and is active on Saturday night. I'd rank him ahead of Daryl Henderson here. And, and if Gaskin's out, I think Ahmed remains the clear feature back there.
0: I agree with you there. Maybe we should stop quick to say a quick thank you to Brian Flores, even though he's coming out of that Patriot system, just giving us just these lead backs with all the touches. It's fantastic. Uh, there's some other situations that we know who the starter is going to be, despite there being injuries, and yet we still might have some doubts about their upside. Specifically, I'm thinking of two veterans here, guys who were released by their former teams earlier this year, who haven't had a ton of success in their new homes. But now we have Ronald Jones out in Tampa. We have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire out in KC. So who's going to have the better week in week 16, And who's going to help fantasy managers get that championship? Leonard Fournette or Le'Veon Bell?
1: Yeah, it's Fournette for me. I have both guys ranked as top 20 running backs on the week. I mean, just from a macro perspective, these two teams have the two highest implied totals on the week. The Chiefs at 32.25 and the Bucks at 31 and a half. So, you know, lots of touchdown upside for both these guys. I, I trust Fournette's usage more, assuming Ronald Jones is out, of course. Um, you know, last week Fournette got 14 of the Bucks, 16 running back carries. He got five of the nine running back targets and the the Lions have been the best matchup for opposing running backs this season. So I, I definitely favor Fournette among these two guys. Yeah, I have
0: Fournette higher as well, but I'm with you. I have them both kind of in a, a similar range around there. The only thing I will say with Bell that might make his situation look a little bit better. I know everybody points to the fact that the Falcons' run defense is definitely stronger than their pass defense and sometimes they can shut down running backs, but recently They gave up 97 total yards and a touchdown to Alvin Kamara, gave up 146 total yards to Eckler, and then 65 total yards and two touchdowns to Fournette last week, right? So I think we could see Le'Veon Bell kind of do the Leonard Fournette thing from last week. Maybe it won't be huge yardage. It's kind of what Le'Veon Bell did in this game, right? Get around 70 yards, maybe score a touchdown, maybe get lucky and score two touchdowns. And that for sure puts him in that RB two mix. Cause yeah, running back dies off pretty quickly as far as guys that can put up big numbers there. Another veteran back. I want to ask you about a guy who was a backup to start the year. And then he got thrust into a starting role, had a few good games, got benched a couple weeks ago for fumbling, only to come back and see 26 touches, 68% of the snaps, scored two touchdowns against the Steelers as well. So if you started Gio Bernard last week, you probably advanced to the title. I'm not sure why you would have started Gio Bernard. You obviously knew something that I didn't last week, but can we trust that Gio can go right into our lineups? And I mean, if you're in the the fantasy championship, there's probably not a lot of people that have Gio Bernard on their team, but would you put him in your lineup in championship week here in what should be a really good matchup against the Texans?
1: Yeah, great matchup. Uh, Houston 31st in adjusted points allowed to running backs. I mean, trust is probably too strong of a word to me, but like you said, running back is so shaky. I mean, I have Bernard Grant as like a low end RB2. Matchup's good. If he gets the volume, he'll be okay. I mean, to me, it would make sense if I'm the Bengals to maybe get a look at Travion Williams. You know, a, a, a young Baku, who, you know, is kind of like a young version of Geo Bernard to me. But um, again, if he gets the volume, he'll be OK. I think it's interesting that, you know, the, the Bengals only have an 18 and a half point implied total despite facing a bad Houston defense. You know, Vegas is sort of telling us, you know, tap the brakes here. It's still the Bengals. Don't expect a ton from the offense. But if, again, if Bernard gets 15 plus touches, he'll be fine.
0: All right. A couple more questions before we get you out of here. Who's one fantasy star that you don't feel good about this week? Somebody that we, a lot of it's been positive, what we've said so far, kind of at least leaning that way. Who's a star that you don't feel good about putting in your lineup?
1: Yeah, I think it's got to be Russell Wilson, right? I mean, you alluded to it at, at the top here. Um, you know, So he finished uh, quarterback 15 in that first meeting against the Rams. Um, since then, he has just one top 12 finish and that was against the jets and even then he only finished quarterback nine like that was semi-disappointing considering the matchup other than that he's been quarterback 13 quarterback 19 quarterback 20 and quarterback 30 last week um gets the rematch against the rams on sunday they are first in adjusted points allowed to quarterbacks the rams have only allowed two top 12 quarterback finishes this season so i mean you can say it's russell wilson it's a you know big game for the division maybe he steps up but you look at the numbers and you know his recent production there's really nothing pointing to him being a top 12 quarterback this week yeah don't make the
0: mistake that i made last week and talk yourself into playing russ just
1: don't do it i know the ceiling's
0: always going to be there but this is the second year now where he's done this right and his first eight games in 2019 he was the QB three in average fantasy points per game. And then in his last eight games last year, that dropped to QB 14. And then this year in the first eight games, he was second overall 29.5 fantasy points per game. Since then QB 20, just over 16 points per game. So there's issues on the offensive line. And like you said, now he's got to go up against the Rams, just really one of the toughest matchups out there for passing attacks. So yeah, uh, do not start Russ this week at all. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that to yourself. And I went through it. Take it from me. Uh, Would anybody on the Steelers make that list of stars that you don't really want to have in your lineup this week? Because man, that offense has looked lost for a few weeks now here. And To see them go up against the Bengals, right? You figure that'll be a get-right spot. You know, okay, the Bills are a good team. They're a contender. I'm not just saying that because I'm a Bills fan. I think we can all agree on that at this point. But then they're going up against the Bengals, and you figure, okay, the Steelers against the Bengals. Maybe they won't get the rushing attack going, but they're for sure going to be able to pass the ball around. Man, did they look awful. So are you going with any of those Steelers this week, despite what we've seen recently?
1: Yeah, five straight games now. Uh, Ben Roethlisberger has been at 5.8 yards per attempt or worse, which is just, you know, insane in today's NFL to not even be able to reach six yards per attempt. Um, Deontay Johnson's the only guy, the only stealer I'd want in Fantasy lineup this week. You know, despite the struggles, he is still, uh, he has eight plus catches in four of his last five games. He's averaging 12 targets per game over his last five. So, you know, volume alone is keeping Deontay Johnson afloat, despite Ben's struggles, despite his own drops. Um, Otherwise, I mean, maybe... Maybe Benny Snell if James is out, again, just based on volume. Um, but I'm not a big Snell fan, tough matchup against the Colts. So even Snell would only be like an RB3 or a flex play for me if Conner's out.
0: All right, final question here. Same one we asked asked you last year when you were on which players are being overlooked in week 16. And this is the most important week. We've already alluded to it. So our recommendations have to be good here. It can be a star who isn't getting enough respect, maybe a deeper play that's not on people's radar. You can take this in a lot of different directions. Who you got for week 16?
1: I got two guys. Uh, the first I'm more confident in, it's Richard Higgins. Um, he's averaging eight targets, a little over five catches, and 80 yards per game over the last three. You know, Baker has been awesome over the last three games now. Um, Richard Higgins has sort of come along with him. He's 11th among wide receivers in non-PPR points over the last three weeks. He's 14th in PPR. And now he gets the Jets. So yeah, I, I think Higgins is a really nice wide receiver three play this week. My other guy's a bit riskier, I think. Zach Moss, um, you know, you know, as a Bills fan, that backfield just hasn't done much for fantasy this season because, really because they've been so pass-heavy. Um, that first meeting with the Patriots, though, was one of their run-heavier games of the season. Zach Moss and Devin Singletary both carried 14 times in that game. Moss came away with 81 yards and two touchdowns. Um, the Patriots are now dead last in Football Outsiders' run defense DVOA. They're 25th in adjusted points allowed to running back. So it's a good matchup. If you know, if Moss gets 12 to 15 carries, I think, you know, he'll have a a top 25 fantasy week.
0: Yeah. I like that one too. I had Moss ranked over Singletary last week, just by one spot, I think, but I don't know that the the ECR had it that way. And it looked really, really good until Singletary had that late touchdown, that long touchdown at the very end of the game. and, And he popped back up there. Uh, I want to piggyback on the Rashard Higgins thing. And for me, I think I'm going to look at two Browns receivers here. And I kind of said you could take it with, you know, a star and a guy who's under the radar, Jarvis Landry and Rashard Higgins. They get the Jets this week. Like you said, since that crazy stretch of bad weather games, the browns wideouts man both these guys have been producing landry at least 50 yards and or a touchdown in each of his last four games three touchdowns total over that stretch and higgins 75 yards and or a touchdown in each of his last three games jets allowing the seventh most fantasy points to receivers this year i'm expecting a good day for baker and company in this one i think everybody's gonna put up pretty big numbers there landry is a strong wide receiver too. higgins as a wide receiver three with upside sticking at receiver I mean there's so many names that we could say here Chad Hansen's got at least 50 yards in every game since Will Fuller got suspended you could look at him at tight end I mean, I always feel compelled to throw out a deeper tight end in this section. So Austin Hooper, let's stick with the Browns. Let's just go all in on the Browns this week. We'll we'll pick on the Jets. I know they finally won a game last week, but we'll pick on the Jets here. And really, the Jets, the easiest matchup for fantasy tight ends. So it's a bit of a bully move by me, but they've given up seven touchdowns to tight ends over the last five outings. So Hooper could be a deeper streamer uh, if you're looking, if you're empty-handed at that position this week. And then running back, I mean, if he's healthy he was sitting out practice on wednesday but if he's healthy then chase edmonds i think is in play again he was supposed to be limited last week it was a very strange situation i don't know how you ranked it but i had edmonds very low because there were so many reports that said he might only get five touches in the game and he was banged up i think he only got back to a limited practice on friday and then he comes out he has 14 touches kenya drake only had 12 touches Edmonds came away with 66 yards and a score. Drake with 40 scoreless yards. So we're back to this being a split. And Edmonds has been getting a lot of usage. I mean, he's played over 50% of the snaps in four of their last five games. So he's still getting work. I'd consider him an RB3 with upside. I'll have him probably in my top 30. Same thing with Gus Edwards. He's around that same range. If Mark Ingram is a healthy scratch again, last week we finally got to see this down to just a two-back committee. And Edwards played 40% of the snaps, had a really nice day, 78 uh, yards, didn't convert on his goal line chances, but he gets goal line opportunities. That's very important. He's got six rushing touchdowns on the year. So he's always an option a little bit deeper down the board there as well.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree on Gus Edwards. You're nice that it's finally just a two-man committee in Baltimore, sort of what you know, I was hoping for all season. I- I'm not going to give any advice on the Cardinals' backfield because I've got that wrong. All season. I, I was with you. I, I was high on Drake last week just because it seemed like he was a healthy one. I thought Edmonds would be limited. It turned out opposite. Um, I'll throw in one more at tight end too. Um Jordan Aikens, man, he he killed me when he had that wide open uh touchdown drop a few weeks ago, but he's seen six targets in two straight games now. And I just think you know, I just think it's a blow-up spot for the Texans offense at home against the Bengals. So I think Aikens is a pretty decent touchdown bet if you're streaming at tight end.
0: Well, there you have it, everybody. That is all for today's show. Jared, just out here killing it, helping us end the season on a high note. Really appreciate that, man. Anything you want to steer folks towards or shout
1: out before we sign off? Yeah, and give me a follow on Twitter at SmolaDS, and then you can check out my work on DraftSharks.com.
0: Well, like I said earlier, make sure you're following him on Twitter. Great dude, great follow. Tweets out just a ton of actionable info all year long. And we appreciate him taking the time today to join us. I also appreciate you out there for taking the ride with me all year long. Yet another full fantasy season. I went through a bunch of thank yous on our last live show on Friday. So I won't go through all of them again. But I couldn't do this without your support. The support for the podcast, my content, my rankings, all the interaction on social media. It's the best. So thank you so much for that. Thanks to my family and friends for putting up with my ridiculous work hours in the fall, helping me get through the season. It takes a, a lot of understanding people. I'm sure Jared can agree with me here. A lot of understanding people who uh, allow you to not be around as much for like a third of the year. And my wife is definitely at the top of that list, keeping our household together. Well, I'm off in fantasy land most of the time during the fall. So definitely she deserves some good presents over the holidays and some quality time in the new year. So i got to come through with that and make it up to her. Uh, thank you to everybody at the score. I mean, for the great work they do, the support, the platform they give me in the last two years. I mean, my face has appeared in the app way more than I ever expected that it would. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it's been fun to see that grow and have so many more people following along and consuming my content year after year. So thank you to everybody at the score. And like I said earlier, I'll have Start, Sit, Stash, Quit out on Thursday this week. My rankings are going to get updated all weekend long, so you can follow along with those. And I'll be taking over the Score Twitter account for the last time in 2020 on Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. Eastern to answer your questions. So join me for that. But until then, big thanks again to Jared. Big thanks to everybody out there for listening. And we will see you next time. Said leave
1: on time. My baby said leave on time. Long time with me tonight